So next up, we've got uh, Mr. Tim Kotzer. Tim is currently the head of college at St. Peter's Lutheran, both in Jopili and Springfield campuses. St. Peter's currently enrolls over 2,500 students and employs in excess of 600 staff, making it Queensland's largest independent school. St. Peter's is Tim's second headship, having served as principal at St. Andrew's Lutheran College on the Gold Coast from 2010 to 2016. Tim's teaching areas are PE, History, Christian Studies and the International Baccalaureate Theories of Knowledge subject. Tim is a lifelong learner holding a bachelor's degree in Human Movement Studies from UQ, Masters of Education Admin from UNE, Masters of Business from QUT, Graduate of Diploma in Theology and Australian Lutheran College and a Graduate Certificate in Philanthropy from QUT. He's also completed short courses in leadership at Harvard University and Northwestern University. And in July, was the first overseas person to be accredited as a leader in a Canadian independent school through the Canadian Association of Independent Schools. Tim's current educational interests involve the development of school culture, positive education, using data to drive improvement, innovative learning spaces, and the development of thinking skills in students. In his spare time, he enjoys watching the Wallabies and the Broncos as well. Now, Tim... You're quite unique on this panel because you're um, a real leader of one of the largest independent schools in Queensland, the largest independent school in Queensland. Now, you really wanted to talk to us, especially when we're going out to the workforce and we're in this awkward period between finishing our course and next year and do we apply, when do we apply? You really wanted to talk to us about nailing a job and landing a job in an independent school. What advice can you give the young teachers in the audience about getting a job, hypothetically, at a school like yours? So the reason I want to talk about helping you get a job in an independent school is that I believe that the quality of a school, the quality of the learning outcomes, uh, rises and falls on the quality of its teaching staff. And the quality of, of the learning that occurs can never exceed the quality of its teaching staff. So I want the very best teachers to work in my school. And I want the very best graduates to want to apply to work in my school. So that's why, that's my motivation for talking to you about this tonight. I'll preface everything by saying that I believe that um, when I appoint someone, there are two things. One, it's one, of, it's one of the most important things I do. If I get the appointment right, then a lot of my problems with parental complaints and all those sorts of things disappears. So I make sure that I'm involved in the appointment of every permanent member of staff and any teaching uh, contract that's, that's more than a term. And in a big place like St Peter's, that's a lot of my time, but it's one of, like I said, it's probably one of the most important things I do. The second thing is I really believe that it comes down to things like cultural fit. Is this person going to be a good fit for the culture of my school? I can teach them other things about blended learning and behaviour management and all those sorts of things. Sorry, I shouldn't use that word. <laughs> but are they going to be a good a cultural fit for my school? And so the interview process, the application process, is very much around trying to work out whether this person is going to be a good cultural fit. My first bit of advice would be, be proactive. Don't wait for the job to appear in the paper or on Seek or LinkedIn or wherever it is that we advertise these days. Um, write to the school. Go on the website and write to the school. That's how I got my first teaching job. I had two teaching jobs in August of the year I graduated. So I didn't have to worry about anything else because I bothered to write to Skies Proactive and I bothered to write to schools. It tells the head of that school this person is someone that's proactive. But it's also another way into the school because often 
Um, there'll be a short-term contract, for example, that's available. And it's a real pain to have to advertise uh, and go through a recruitment process. If a head knows, hang on, I had a really good application come across my desk a couple of weeks ago, I'll go have a look at that. It saves them a lot of time, a lot of stress. If you do a really good job on that contract, there's every chance you might become permanent. So that's a way in um, at the back door, so to speak. So I encourage you to be proactive in that regard. Be honest and truthful in your application. I've seen some applications come across my desk and I'm looking through the CV and going, wow, this, this person's amazing. I'm thinking they must be in their 40s. And I look at it and they're 21. And you sort of think, well, either I've done nothing with my life um, or um, just there's a little bit of embellishment going on. So tell the truth because you will get caught out. Um, you know, and if something looks odd on a CV and you make it to an interview, I guarantee you they will ask a question about it and that's when you're going to get caught out. So, so, you know, stick to what you've done uh, and, and what, you're, you know, what, you, you know, what you've really done. Your covering letter, your application, maximum of two pages. Right? Any more than that and you're waffling. Right? Heads, senior leaders are busy people. Right? They're not going to read any more. And that's the honest truth. So two pages, maximum. Make sure that you address it to the principal and use Mr, Mrs, Dr, Ms and their surname. Right? Don't write, dear sir, madam. That just tells me you're lazy and you haven't bothered to go to the, with the website and at least try and find out the head's name. In the application letter, introduce yourself. Tell them what you're applying for and what it is that you, know, you can teach. Briefly, in a, no more than a paragraph, outline your educational philosophy and why it's going to be a good fit for that school. A bit of a hint, once again, go to the, the school's website have a look at um, a few pages and you'll get a sense of what they're about right? and even paraphrase one or two uh, key sentences from their website so it resonates with the person that's actually reading the application. Make sure you talk about what you're going to bring to the role. You know, your personal qualities, passionate, enthusiastic, open to change, open to new ideas. That's really important. But also what sort of hard skills are you going to bring? Um, do you have a level one coaching certificate in cricket? Have you got an AMSA? Uh, do you have a first aid certificate? What skills have you learnt as a result of that part-time job you've been, had, had when you've been going through university? The ability to work in teams, to problem solve, all those sorts of things are really important things to outline in an, in an application. Details about your degree and your prac teaching experience. If you've done a prac in an independent school, Mention the school that you did it at, because once again, I said it's about cultural fit. If, if I read that, no, oh, hang on, they've had an experience in an independent school. You know, they might be the sort of person I'm looking for because they know what we're on about. So the, these are just tiny little things, but they can help get you across the line. It's just going to sound like um, I'm stating the really obvious, and I am for a lot of these things. Make sure you proofread your application, proofread it, put it away, come back to it, proofread it again. Give it to a friend, give it to mum or dad to proofread as well. Little things like spelling, grammar, punctuation, the way you express yourself counts. You'll be surprised, in my 27 years, I've had two applications where, and they were for middle leadership positions, where the sentence says, and one of my, my strengths is attention to detail, and there were spelling mistakes in that sentence. And you're thinking, well, maybe not so much. So. 
And the other thing to get right is make sure you've got the right school uh, and the right position. Right? The number of times I've had applications and they've mentioned the wrong school and the wrong position just tells me they're actually going to apply for other jobs and they just haven't bothered to take the, you know, the time to do things properly. Because it sounds obvious that you might, be a, you might be an outstanding teacher, but if you get that wrong, you're never going to get to first base. So you've got to get these little things right. Uh, your CV, no more than four pages. But once you get anything more than that, and people are going to stop reading. So the things to include on your CV obviously are your contact details. Talk about um, your education, list your education, your, 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 your current degree. If you're doing really well, put your GPA in as well. Uh, not, you know, whilst it's not the, the be all and end all, it's also, it is important. Similarly, if you went to an independent school, I'd actually list that school on my CV. Because once again, I'm looking for a cultural fit. Now, if I know this person has gone to a school um, that is similar in ethos to my school, there's a chance that they're going to be a better cultural fit, and that's got another leg up in this process. Um, list any PD you've done. So if you've been on PRAC and you've managed to go to the various staff PDs, list that. It shows that you want to learn, that you're keen to learn, that you want to get better at what you do. Uh, list any skills you've got. So once again, you know, if you've played, played the piano, if you've got a gold award in the Duke of Edinburgh, if you, you know, volunteer in the community doing different things, list those sorts of things because independent schools are not just about the four walls of the classroom, it's about the whole child. And so the co-curricular program, the extracurricular program is a really important part. So if you can bring additional skills that are going to enhance the extracurricular, the co-curricular program of that school, that's going to make a difference um, in, the, in your application. And finally, list your referees. And can I encourage you to make sure you contact your referees beforehand and give them a heads up. Some of you will list um, your PRAC supervisor or supervisors as your referees. If you haven't told them and I ring up and they go, oh, hang on, that was, oh yeah, I had them six, weeks, six months ago, oh, I think they're okay, it's not going to stand you in real good stead. Right, give them a heads up, that way they can think about, oh yes, that was right, and they did this, and they were really good at that, and I was really impressed with this, and, most, you know, and, and so on. So it's actually giving you the best possible opportunity for them to talk in the best possible light about you um, and what you might bring to the school. Turn up to the interview early. It sounds like you know, a really obvious thing, but you don't want to turn up late and not know where to go, and be all flustered, and, 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 and as a result, not give the best possible account of yourself. My first teaching job was in an independent school on the Gold Coast. It was a Tuesday morning for the interview. I drove down on a Sunday afternoon from Brisbane, timed the run, uh, knew where I could park, knew that was the building I had to go to, added 25% to my travel time for that interview, just in case something went wrong. I arrived in plenty of time, was um, relaxed, and, and, and off I went. So little things like that make a big difference. When um, someone from the school does ring and, and offer you an interview, right, confirm the time, confirm the venue, those sorts of things, but also ask who's going to be on the panel right, and what their role is. Right, that way you can use their name when you're talking in the interview uh, and you also know what they, what they, they do. Um, you might be able to Google them and, and find out a little bit about them and you might be able to throw something, you know, if they're really interested in robotics, you might be able to throw something like that into your answer that resonates with them as well. First impressions count. You know, they talk about first 17 seconds being the most important. Um, 
like it or not, people are shallow and superficial, and they will judge you based on what they see. And whilst independent schools might be forward-thinking, progressive when it comes to teaching and learning, generally we're fairly socially conservative. So gentlemen, that means you turn up to an interview in a collar and tie minimum, preferably you know, a suit or a suit top. And ladies, whatever the professional equivalent of that is, uh, I'm never quite sure what it is. So, um, but that, that's really important. All right? Look them in the eye, shake their hand firmly, use their name. Three really important things that will get your interview off to a good start and just put them in the right frame of mind because they'll be impressed with what they see. Would encourage you um, to use, or if the head is in the interview, to call him Mr, Mrs, Doctor, uh, unless they invite you to call them by their first name. Now, whilst we're not stuffy and conservative people, deep down we actually do like to be called, you know, Mr Kotzer or something like that. So, uh, you know, little psychological things do make a big difference. Can I encourage you to, to you or treat the interview as a conversation about the topic you know the most about? And that's you. It's a conversation about you. Nobody knows you more than you. And the reality is, it is a sales pitch. But you need to be authentic. Right, so let that, let that authenticity shine through in the interview by talking about the thing you know most about, and that's you. It's okay to pause before you give an answer. Right? Just because they've asked the question doesn't mean you have to answer it straight away. Take a few moments to think about how you're going to answer it. If you're not sure what they're asking, ask them to, sorry, can you ask me that again? And that gives you a bit more time to, um, to process it. If you genuinely have no idea what they've asked, don't try and bluff your way. Right? A number of times people have answered a question, had no idea, and basically that's ruled them out of the rest of, 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 rest of the race for that particular job. Right? You're better off saying, look, I really don't know, but I'm keen to learn more about that. Can you tell me something about it? So turn it around in that particular regard. Probably the best advice I can give you in terms of answering questions is to try and use examples. Right. Illustrate your answers with examples, practical examples that you've either um, had from your own practice teaching, you know, or if you're a first or second year teacher, draw on those practical examples as well. Because the best predictor of future performance is past performance. So if you can talk about something and illustrate it with an example, I know that you've actually done it. Or at least are learning from it. Questions in interviews these days tend to be open-ended. So they're phrased around things like, can you tell me about a time when? I wonder if you could talk about this. Or can you discuss? Or could you explain? All right, so they're open-ended and they give you the opportunity to take that question in, in the direction um, that you'd like to take it and to use the examples that you want to use. Broadly speaking, I think there's about 10 areas that you'll get questions about. So. There will always be a question about why do you want this job and, and, and this school? If your answer is, well, you know, I want to stay in southeast Queensland um, to be close to my family, it might be true, but that's not going to get you the job. Right? Why is it you want to teach in that particular school? You know, is it that the values of that school aligns with your values? 
Are they doing something particularly exciting in a field that you're passionate about? Are they doing th things in the area of service learning and you want to be part of that? You know, is it, you've always admired this school because, you know, use those sorts of things in your answers so that they resonate. Second sort of questions will be around what experiences have prepared you for this role? Now that's slightly challenging if you're a graduate teacher because you've had two, three pracs maybe. Um, but think about, before you go to the interview, what sort of experiences you've had. What classes did you teach? What challenging behaviours did you have to work with in the classroom? What were, you know, how did you manage the workload? How did you deal with the, you know, the difficult parent? Think about the broader life experiences you've had, whether it's been playing in sporting teams or being a member of a club or a community or in, you know, in, a, in that workplace. Now, what have you learnt from those experiences that you can use to bring to your examples that are going to add value to that school. If it's a faith-based school, and most independent schools are faith-based, whether that's Anglican, Catholic, Lutheran, Uniting Church, um, Pentecostal Christian, a majority of independent schools are faith-based. So there will be a question around uh, the Christian ethos, the Christian faith. The reality is most today, most people come from um, a nominally Christian background or no Christian background at all. So how you answer this question is really important. At my school, St Peter's, your school of the Lutheran Church, um, but I have staff who are on the, you know, anywhere between, you know, I don't believe to, um, you know, I'll use the term full-on Christian. It's a terrible expression. Um, but that's, you know, that gives you an idea of the spectrum. What we expect is that all staff members will be supportive of the Christian ethos. So the question I always ask is, St Peter's is a school of the Lutheran Church. As a Christian school, we expect our staff to be supportive of the Christian ethos. In what ways are you, or will you be supportive of our Christian ethos? Now, if you come from a faith background, that's relatively easy for you to answer. If you don't come from a faith-based background, it's, it's more challenging. And it needs to be an honest answer. And so, you know, often the answer I hear for, the, for this one is, um, look, you know, I don't go to church, um, but I believe in Christian values. And so I'm, you know, supportive of tr treating people with care, dignity and respect. You know, I'm a very caring person and I want to use my gifts and talents to help each other and help, help others. And that's how I'd be supportive. So you need to think about how you're going to answer that particular question. Um, look at the school's website because it will give you a guide to what, uh, what, they, ex what they are looking for in relation to that faith-based element. You know, some schools will ask you for uh, a reference from a, a minister or a pastor, um, and that should give you an indication about um, what the level of faith commitment might be in that particular school as well. So make sure you research those sorts of things. Uh, these days, lots of what happens in schools is about working in teams in, and working collaboratively. So there'll be a question about how you like to work, and in particular, how you like to work with others. Similarly, and one of the other panellists sort of alluded to it, I can guarantee you there'll be a question about how you actually deal uh, with conflict with colleagues. Right? Believe it or not, schools are like any other workplace and there are conflicts between teachers. And in some ways, I think teachers are worse at dealing with conflict between themselves. You know, we expect kids to be able to deal with conflict in the, in the playground themselves, but teachers are hopeless at sorting it out between each other. 
Right, so you need to think about how, how you're going to answer that question. You might say, look, I'm, you know, I'm a fairly easy game person and I actually get along with most people, but if I did have a difference of opinion, no, I'd go and talk to that person. You know, I wouldn't let it fester. I wouldn't talk behind their back. You know, you know, how, do, you know, how do you deal with conflict? Because that's a really important element of, of any workplace. Uh, you've heard about stress and all that sort of stuff. So expect a question around stress and work-life balance and deadlines. Um, because the reality is, teaching is hard emotional labour. And there are peaks and troughs throughout a term. Those last few weeks of term are stressful. Um, you know, reporting, marking. You know, if I get one more email from another member of staff who's so, so stressed but it's taken them an hour to compose the email, um, and if I actually did the hour doing the work, none of this stress would have occurred, but that's another matter. Um, but, ha yeah, you know, do you use checklists? Do you, you know, make sure you start things really early? Do you make sure you go for a walk for an hour every morning? You know, how do you work, you know, how do you manage those sorts of things? Because that's an important thing, because, you know, we don't want you um, having to go off on stress leave every five minutes and breaking down and not coping and all those sorts of, all those sorts of things. Um, there'll be a question around IT, no doubt about it. Right, saying that you use PowerPoint or that you use the internet to research things is not a great answer. Right, talk about blended learning, talk about flipped learning, talk about how you use phones to, um, and how you, you, you know, students can use phones in your class to um, enhance the learning. Because it should be a tool that enhances learning. And I like to call them ICLTs, Information Communication Learning Technologies. So expect something around uh, technology. There'd be a question around differentiation. Right. In Australia, we tend to teach the middle. We do a pretty good job of helping our students at the lower end of the spectrum, you know, by scaffolding, by chunking, by uh, changing the task slightly. But we do a terrible job with our top-end kids, with our, our um, you know, so-called bright kids. Right. If you answer that question by saying, oh, well, I'd get that bright kid to teach the kids that are, the other kids that are struggling, it's a terrible answer. What is it you do in your classroom to extend, to enrich the learning of those bright kids? Right? Something to think about um, before you go into an interview. Uh, there will be a behaviour management question. <laughs> if I hear my style is firm but fair, one more time, I'm going to strangle that person. Yeah. Um, it is a terrible answer. Right? Think about your experiences on PRAC. How did you deal with that particular challenging child that kept calling out? How did you deal with that child who simply wasn't engaged? What's your approach? Um, most parents in independent schools, and I would say in every school, are fantastic. But there's one or two percent that are challenging. And behave, maybe that percentage is growing a little bit more. Um, you know, Louis talked about parents being under more pressure than ever before and things like that. So maybe that's manifested in the way that some of them behave. So how do you work with that parent? You know, in independent, in, in independent schools, we talk about working in partnership with our parents. How are you going to work in partnership? How are you going to explain that to the interview, interview panel? In what ways, what does it look like in your classroom? Um, I can guarantee you as a first year teacher, they'll ask you, what do you think your biggest challenge might be? And in what areas do you think you, you might need support? Well, just something to think about. I can't answer that question for you because only you know that answer. Um, and as I said before, Co-curricular is an important part of any, any independent school. Um, so what skills, what talents, what experiences might you bring uh, in that regard as well? Um, 
at the end of the interview, I'll generally ask, have you got any questions? Most people go, no. A um, couple things that you might want to think about is, you know, I'm a beginning teacher, a first year teacher. Um, what support or what programs does the school have in place to help me as a beginning teacher grow and develop? And maybe another question to sort of think about is, you know, if you've done some research about the school and they might have a fantastic um, that coding program, you might ask them a question about that. Or they might be introducing positive um, psychology into the school. Ask them a question about that. Once again, it shows you've done the research that you're actually interested in that school um, and it's these little things that make a big difference. Um, finally, at the end of the interview, thank the panel. Ask them, can you get feedback you know, when it's all done and dusted? So if, if you do miss out, at least you're getting feedback about what, how you might improve next time. So folks, that's a lot of um, minutia in terms of little things. A lot of it sounds like common sense, and it, and it probably is common sense, but over the years you'd be surprised how much those little things um, are glossed over, um, that people don't pay attention to, or they end up um, costing what I would, you know, people who are probably going to be very, very good teachers end up missing out because they can't um, do these little things. Um, rightly or wrongly, we still use interviews to employ people, uh, and that's the reality at this stage. We use other things as well, but it's still a really important tool. So the application and the interview um, makes a big difference, and these are little things that, uh, that make a difference. But thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. Thank you.